Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. My name is Jared Pickney, and I am joined by our producer and friend, Bill Jeffrey, for a very special episode of our podcast, which is the three biggest takeaways from 2021. And Bill, I'm going to be honest, this was not easy. Well, when you've released 53 episodes in a year's time, it's hard to just boil all that good content down to three big takeaways. Yeah, but we've done it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, with no further ado, I say we just hop right into it. What do you say? Let's do it. But for clarity... Are these in any particular order? Like, is the number one takeaway your biggest takeaway? Good question. Uh, The answer to that is no. Um, They are not in any particular order. All right. Well, let's hear them. Okay. So, first big takeaway from our conversation in 2021 is this. It is that freedom sucks, which I know sounds a little provocative, but stay with me on this. Um, Economic freedom is okay. We would agree with that, I think. Political freedom is good, but individual freedom sucks. By individual freedom... What I mean is I'm talking about this mindset that says if I'm going to be happy, then I don't need to to deny myself of anything. Um, Like if I feel like doing it, then I'm just going to do it. But as soon as that becomes hard or requires sacrifice or discipline, then I am out. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, like, well, who actually lives that way? But, you know, when you look around, there are actually a lot of people in our culture um, who, though they might not say that like out loud, they truly believe that's the key to happiness. It's like to throw off all restrictions and uh, basically choosing the path of least resistance. And, you know, as good as that sounds, what we actually discover is that when you throw off disciplines um, and like you throw sacrifice to the wind, you actually, as a result, experience a form of slavery. And so, for example, like, you know, if you say, Bill, like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want to eat, which I know you don't, right? I mean, no. you're, you totally are very, very, disciplined. very disciplined eater. But if you're like, I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat, well, later on down the road, what's going to happen? You look like me a couple of years ago. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say you're going to have a lot of health issues, right? But there is truth to that, right? When you yeah. used to eat whatever you want, you were you pretty much didn't have a lot of freedom. But now, like, you're out running, you're riding your bike, you're doing all kinds of things because of the discipline that you have in your life. And so, you know, if you want to experience freedom, a greater freedom down the road, you're going to have to deny yourself some freedom kind of in the here and now. And so, ironically enough, the people who are the freest are the people who are disciplined, people who've learned to say no to some of their desires, people who have uh, refused to compromise or take the shortcut, people who have realized that sacrifice and discipline actually are a normal, daily, healthy rhythm. Um, Those are the people who actually accomplish great things. Um, They're not the people who take the path of least resistance. They're those who choose to do the right thing or the necessary thing, even when at times it can be the hardest thing. And so there are many examples of this, right? I mean, I think of Greg Webb, who disciplined his body. Um, he would ride his bike to work every day as a way of even getting ready to, you know, f- eventually finish the Leadville 100 in Colorado. John Wallace, right, who was an Army Ranger, who was terrified of heights. Remember that story? Mm-hmm. Terrified of heights. And yet he had to conquer his fear to push past that in order to become an Army Ranger. And then he's used his skills as an Army Ranger to apply to the business world where despite incredible opposition, is now able to launch Ranger Tool and Die, like an incredibly successful business. But maybe um, I think one of the best examples we have of this is Anthony Allen. So would love to give a clip right now that just highlights uh, Anthony's story and how he went from being a guy who could run and compete at these incredible high speeds, then has this tragic accident that leaves him uh, literally, he has his leg amputated, has to learn how to not just run, but to walk all over again. 
um, and through discipline, through being willing to deny himself of some temporary freedoms, he was able to experience a greater freedom against all odds uh, in the future. So let's play a clip from Anthony that highlights this reality. You know, it wasn't like I lost only, you know, the body parts or only the potential of, you know, the career. Everything had changed. Every one of my personal relationships. Had to be incredibly lonely. It was, you know, lonely in the perspective that people were willing to be there. Not as much, but lonely as in, you know, um, hard to feel like anyone could understand. Yeah. Or how do you even express it because... You know, you already feel like a weight, and the last thing you want to do is let people know when you're upset, because then you become even more of a weight. And so it was. Uh, it was. And then in my, you know, in my in my um, spiritual relationship, you know, I'd always felt very close to God, and um, it was odd that at this point he seemed silent. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I had prayed many times in the hospital and felt like we were speaking back and forth. And as things got harder, it got harder for me to have those conversations. And I would feel as though my words were sounding on on uh, ceilings or walls, like they just weren't getting through. And so... Um, Dude, I can't imagine. Was there just moments of just deep depression? And definitely. And, and that's what I tell people. You know, I say my hardest moment began when I left the hospital. And it just continued on from there. You know, as, as things went on, relationships got harder. Uh, you know, um, I don't know, I guess I began to realize more and more of the things that I had lost. Uh, eventually, the girl that I was with, her and I went our separate ways, and so that kind of compounded on top of it. Um, and then again, just not feeling like I was able to talk to God, like He wasn't hearing me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a picture in my mind for how this recovery process was going to go, a time frame and an expectation. And when it didn't go that way, it began to feel very hopeless. Um, yeah. You know, I can distinctly remember, and um, and it's I think it's okay to talk about hindsight, mm-hmm. um, but I remember thinking, you know, I, I knew my faith. I knew where my heart uh, stood. And so, you know, if I had passed away that day, then I would go on, and, mm-hmm. and, and that would have been it. That would have been the end of it. And by, you know, sparing my life, by saving me, I really felt that I had been done wrong. I felt like, you know, I had been spared to be a, uh, to be a burden on everyone. Mm-hmm. That, you know, um, that I should have been able to allow to pass on. And, that, um, and then at this point, I didn't understand because, you know, I, I could have died at any moment. And, and God spared me. And I remember telling people, you know, he brought me here to leave me here. Mm. Like he's brought me to this place and, and now he's gone away. Mm. And so, you know, I remember frequently having that dialogue that, you know, if, if they just would have left me alone, then, you know, that would have been better than the alternative yeah. uh, where you're in this, you know, um, unknown, uh, dark place where you don't have any idea if everything, anything's ever going to improve or if it's just going to keep spiraling into this kind of black abyss, so to speak. You know, they say the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And it can be so hard to see that journey when you're standing at the starting line, uh, see that journey ending positively. Um, but that's what you have to do. If you do not take that first step, then you won't move forward and you stay in that dark place. And those are the sad stories that you hear. 
you know, I mentioned, I don't think it's, it's wrong to have those thoughts or to go to that place. You can't stay there though. You know, a, um, a diamond is created under pressure, right? But it doesn't become something that we put a lot of value into jewelry until it is removed from that place. And so, you know, it's okay to go to that place, but don't stay there. You know, uh, spend the time you need to there, heal, learn, grow, adapt, and and move on and survive. So that was Anthony Allen. Um, Bill, did you catch what he was saying? So he's talking about after his wreck, he feels lonely. He felt like he was a weight, like he was a burden. There was times where he felt hopeless. Um, he had this strong relationship with God, but then he said it felt like God went missing, like God is distant. Um, he, he'd gone silent. And then he gets out of the hospital and he says, what happens? Things get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And like, so he's experiencing physical hardship and not just physical hardship, but emotional hardship, relational hardship. Yet, rather than just letting his feelings dictate um, what he did that day, rather than taking the path of least resistance or just staying in bed, he chose effort. He chose discipline. He chose hard work. Um, he made sacrifices. He said no to what at the time felt easiest. Um, denied himself some of the freedoms and comforts he could have had so that he could get better, so that he could experience a greater freedom um, as a result of those choices. And so that's just another great example of what we're talking about. And so if you want to learn more about Anthony's story, I encourage you to go listen to episode 13. I think we entitle that um, The Journey of a Thousand Miles Begins with a Single Step or something like that. So absolutely incredible story. All right, big takeaway number two from 2021. Um, Bill, we all have bad moments in life, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So here's what we've, I think, learned from our guest. Um, We all have bad moments in life, and when those bad moments come, you can either be broken or you can be broken open. And, and here's what I mean by that. We all know people who've been broken. Um, they've endured, you know, they've experienced pain, grief, loss, suffering. And as a result, they became smaller. That uh, They got bitter. They became cynical. Their pain was not transformed, and therefore it was transmitted. They began to leak out in really unhealthy ways. But then we know others who have been broken open by their suffering. And, and what I mean by that is suffering made them deeper. It gave them a larger capacity for life. And so one of the ways I've heard it explained before is suffering has the potential to carve out what we thought was the basement of our soul. And then it carves through that, revealing a cavity below. And then it carves through that, revealing a cavity below. And when that happens, you have the potential to realize there are depths to yourself that you never thought was possible. And that only the spiritual and relational food um, will really feel those depths. And, and so when you get down there, um, it, it gives you the potential to really kind of get out of the head of the ego and down to the desiring heart. Um, and the idea that, you know, what you really long for is to experience loving relationships, relationship with God, relationship with others. And this leads into deeper conversations and deeper connection. It leads to us experiencing love and giving love in ways that we never thought was possible. And I think it's so important that we get that because, you know, when we think of suffering, especially as Americans, like we see it as just this big interruption. Um, we see it as an unwanted visitor. Um, which is why when suffering comes to our house, like typically we do the best we can to ignore it. Um, rather than trying to learn from the pain, we try to numb it. And we look to all kinds of coping mechanisms that are meant to give us relief. But actually, it only leads us into addiction. Um, and what we actually discover is that you know when hardship comes, though it can crush our spirit and our life, 
it actually also has a potential to open us up to new possibilities and depths that mature us and make us more resilient and complete. And we have a lot of great examples of this uh, from um, the episodes in 2021. I mean, I think of episode 33 with uh, Gary Kameens, uh, who was a pastor and uh, he was in Bono at the time whenever there was the Hot School shootings. I think of uh, episode number 12 with Dan Ring, who lost his wife, his son, and his dad. And rather than becoming just this hard and callous man, I mean, we both said this, Bill. I mean, Dan is, is a gentle and encouraging and just joy-filled man who inspires literally thousands of people. I think of episode 21 of Michael Tolson, uh, the owner and, and chef of Chow, who was living in Oklahoma City during the Oklahoma City bombings and in New York during the 9-11 attacks. Is that not crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, that's wild. And yet, rather than, than witnessing both of these just horrific events— um, they didn't break him. Um, they, they broke him open and, and they basically made him, they gave him a deeper love uh, for people and for his life. So there's a lot of just really good examples we could give. Um, but I think one of the clearest examples comes from episode two with Blake and Haley Deck who come on the podcast to talk about life, their life uh, after the death of their children. And so uh, let's listen in now to a clip. I have learned that my torture, of course, we were going to physically miss our children in Mm -hmm. form, but what they've taught me is that I had the opportunity to see it differently. I had the opportunity to experience it differently and to, like you said, choose which path I was going to take. I could relish in this agony that I was feeling and... um, not being able to accept what was and and constantly Mm -hmm. thinking, how could this have been different or um, this shouldn't be. But in choosing to go, you know, this is what is Mm -hmm. and allowing it to be, it kind of took me into a place where I could heal Mm -hmm. and I could see it differently Mm -hmm. if God were going to show mm-hmm. that to me, mm-hmm. which he has mm-hmm. <laughs> dramatically. Absolutely. Um, but yes, exactly. You we have the we can we have the opportunity to choose what we're gonna think about. We can yeah. think about things that um, cause us to feel pain yes. or we can think about things that um, bring us joy Absolutely. and happiness and peace. And um, I wanted my sweet little Finley because her life was nothing but love and joy on this earth. I mean, complete joy. And that's all she gave us. She was Mm -hmm. a gift of joy. And I knew that that wasn't the end of our story. September 10th wasn't. And that um, going forward, I had the opportunity to share the love and the light and the joy and the peace and everything good that she had given to us in form. Mm Um, I had the joy, I had the opportunity to share that um, even now. Haley writes this, there's no going back. There's no changing what is. After reminding myself of this day in and day out, I begin to truly accept the present moment for what it is. A part of me grieved the fact that it couldn't be changed, but another part of me felt relief that I could let go of those agonizing thought patterns and realize that I was never really in control in the first place. Not only did I begin to accept the present moment exactly as it was, but I began to experience a radical shift in thinking that I never would have anticipated. 
rather than feeling as if this was all a huge mistake, a fault in the divine plan that I was now forced to navigate through, I felt strangely different about it. I thought that maybe this wasn't a mistake after all. Maybe I had simply assumed that my life would be different than what it was, and my assumptions and expectations were actually causing my suffering. Even more so, maybe Finley's time was expecting or it was exactly as it was supposed to be. Maybe she completely fulfilled her time on earth and nothing was taken from her as it had once seemed. As I tended more and more to the present moment, I became increasingly comfortable with the time that she had. Did I want more with her? Absolutely. I would always wish for more time with my sweet girl. But instead of focusing on the fact that she wasn't there in form, I turned my attention to understanding her life in a much deeper way, her eternal existence, and the moment I could have with her then and there. So it goes back to choosing what you want to believe. Um, And, you know, I was just talking to Blake about this last night. Um, People will message me all the time and say, you're so strong. How did you do this? How did you live through this? Um, And I tell, I told Blake, I said, to me, it's not strength. It's more of a, I had to do what I had to do. I had to believe a certain way in order Mm -hmm. to survive this. Mm -hmm. And for me, I couldn't believe that my child was taken from me. I couldn't believe that there was some mistake and God, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't pray hard enough. And Mm -hmm. so God took my child from Mm me. Um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't live today thinking that. So for me, I, I, I had a moment where... I remember telling, actually, Finley, I remember telling her, you know, there's going to have to be some supernatural healing here because I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't continue this life without you. And I was led straight into the awareness that maybe there's something more than what my mind here that perceives everything through the five senses can understand. Mm-hmm. Maybe... It's not that I'm so great that I know everything. You know, maybe there's something more here than what meets the eye. And maybe you just can't see it through your five senses. Mm -hmm. And she began to show me a deeper place that is so much further beyond what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch here. Um, And all I had to do was be willing to be open to it, mm-hmm. be willing to see it, believe mm-hmm. it. Um, and her and God would constantly lead yeah. me there. And sometimes they would lead me there with signs in physical form because, you know, yeah. we're physical yeah, and absolutely. and we need to see those things. Um, but it was an inward shift. And I began to choose to believe that maybe all of this was divinely planned out Mm -hmm. and there was no mistake and that like I said she fulfilled completely everything she was supposed to fulfill and that she simply expanded into everything she was supposed to be Mm -hmm. and I honestly can say this with such peace that I don't think that I would know how to rest in such a deep place of peace without this event. Um, It's through 
what I thought at one point would kill me that has taken me into the deepest peace I've ever known about anything. And it's all about choosing to believe one way as opposed to, I guess I would say, being you know, stubborn in my own mind and, and saying, no, this can't be, this cannot be what is, this isn't, this isn't okay. Um, I had to let go of that in order to accept the gift that was being given to me. Did you catch that bill? What Haley said, she says that, that tragedy, the trauma that she experienced, I think she said is the greatest nightmare, uh, really a parent's, you know, greatest nightmare, um, became the door that took her into a deeper place, into a deeper peace, into a deeper joy. And that's what we're talking about, right? That, that suffering, yes, has the potential to break us or break us open to where we experience a deeper, more beautiful life than we could ever imagine. All right, so final takeaway. Takeaway number three from 2021 um, is this. Vulnerability is powerful. Uh, people are hungrier than ever for authentic human connection. And the way that we develop this deep connection we know is through vulnerability by putting ourselves out there um, knowing that when people see us as we really are that there is a chance they might not like us they they might reject us no this is scary though this is a hard thing to do right to let people see this part of us that we feel is maybe weak or flawed um, though right, that feels very risky to put ourselves in that kind of a position where we can be hurt the truth is it's only whenever we take this step uh, that when we're willing to open ourselves up for others um, to, to see the good and the bad and the ugly, it's only then that we can give ourselves an opportunity to experience a deep and authentic connection. And that is because it's only whenever we're vulnerable that we can begin to put ourselves in a position where people can love us, not just for our mask, but love us for who we are, right? Not just our filtered image that we project to others, but but love us. And I think a, a good example of this um, is uh, Mayor Josh Agee. Um, who, you know, when we had him on the podcast, it was episode one, he just got elected. He could have came in, Bill, right? He could have just focused on how awesome he is and, you know, talked about all these ways he's going to change the city and prove to you, like, you know, like, you know, hey, like, this is why you should have voted for me or whenever I, you know, run again, here's why you should vote for me. But instead of really doing that, he came in and he was vulnerable, which I actually didn't expect. Like, he, he shared some of his personal life with us, and as a result, um, I know this is true for you too, but like we found ourselves kind of leaning not away from him, but towards him. And I know this is true for people who listen to the podcast as well, because I got a lot of messages after he came on and people saying, man, I really like that Josh guy. Like he's just a real dude who I feel like I can relate to. And so um, I thought it'd be good under this vulnerability piece just to play uh, a quick excerpt from our episode with Josh Agee. What is harder though, <clears throat> honestly for you, was it running or competing in the Ironman competition or running for mayor? Running for mayor was tough. It was the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, it's brutal. You see things. Um, it's funny because my wife and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, there were days that I would look at her and I would say, there's no way that we're going to lose. And two minutes later, I was in there going, we should just close all the money really? out and send it back. We're going to work. So there were actually times over. you thought that you were going to lose. Oh, daily, every day. I mean, it is a, um, what did Will Ferrell say? I'm, I'm stuck in a glass cage of emotion. I w- it was like a roller coaster 
every single because there's day. I guess there's no way of knowing, right? There's no gauge, you know. And the guy running my campaign, um, Brian Richardson, said we can do some polling. And I said, hey, how much is that going to cost? Of course, everything's about money because you're just looking for an ease of mind. Like I just need yeah, some just, sleep. I just need to yeah. sleep. Yeah, every every minute you sleep, you lose three votes. So. He said, I think we can get some polling done, but it's probably going to be like $10,000, and I don't know if it's going to be if it's going to be very reliable. And, you know, one of my greatest strengths in campaigning has always been that um, two things around here win elections, money and hard work. Yeah. And I've always said, you may outraise me, but you won't outrun me. I will outwork anyone that wants to run against me. Mm. Um, but... The thing was, we were in the middle of a pandemic. How do you knock doors? How do you go talk to people when, you know, everyone's wearing a mask and half people don't want to wear a mask and the other half don't want you coming around even sure. with a mask? Right. Um, so it put us at a great disadvantage this campaign season. Um, but I tell you, you know what's funny is um, it's easy to get down, but it's also easy to be inspired when you run because – you see things from people that you would have never dreamed as far as ugliness goes. You know, people that I grew up going to church with said things to me that I, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have dreamed would have been said to another human being. Yeah, but what is it about politics that seemed to pull that out of people? I have no idea. You know, and, and what the funny thing is, is it wasn't, it wasn't feral. And it wasn't, it wasn't um, really anyone in his camp. It was just outside influence and i think that people um you know what's funny though is it's and i want to come back to the the being inspired part but the part that is so that got me down the most was i'm taking time away from my job Mm -hmm. i'm taking pretty much groceries out of my family's cupboard because i'm missing work Mm -hmm. and i'm missing my kids and i'm missing my wife and I'm doing this to make your life better, and you are the one that is bashing me publicly. Yeah. And it's kind of like you just have to – but you know what? That taught me forgiveness on a scale that I've never – you know, I've always been the type of person to say what's on my mind and move on. Like, you know, say it, get it off your chest, move on. I'm not mad anymore. Um, but I think you have to just look and say, you know what? That person really didn't mean that. They were caught up in the heat of the moment. I say things that I don't mean – they said things they don't mean, and you know what? At the end of the day, we both want what's best for Perigold. Yeah. And now I get to be that, that person that, that makes those decisions to move us forward as a community. And that is the greatest blessing that I've ever, you know, that we could ask for. So there it is. Lots of takeaways for me um, from our guest in 2021. But Bill, those are my top three. Um, actually, if I could, could I add one more? Please do. I, this is just like a bonus. I would also say this, like a big takeaway for me, and I think for you as well, is that um, Paragould really is a great place to live because it is made up of great people. Uh, over and over, like we heard that, didn't we? Like I think about Bryson Heidi Anderson, Beth and Kenny Ford, H.T. Moore. These are people who, you know, they moved here from the outside, and what kept them here was the people. And so I, I think this podcast uh, in this past year, like we didn't really know what to expect, but I think it really highlighted that reality that we're blessed 
to be living in a community with some incredible people who make Paragould what it is. And so um, with that, I just want to say I have really enjoyed the conversations we have had in 2021. Um, I really look forward to the conversations that we already have lined up in 2022. And uh, I hope that each of you uh, listen and will join us for those episodes. Uh, the reason we do this is, you know, it's not because we get paid. At least I'm not getting paid to do it. Bill, I don't know if you're seeing any royalties for this yet. Um, None so. that I can admit to. <laughs> so, you know, we're not, you know, getting rich off of this podcast. Um, that's not why we do it. But but the reason that, that we keep, you know, bringing people in and recording these conversations is because we genuinely want to celebrate the great people living in our city and learn together from their stories and conversations that arise as a result of it. And so as always, uh, on behalf of Beal, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in, for joining us in this journey this past year. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed listening to these episodes as much as we have. Um, Please be sure, as always, check us out on our social media accounts. If you've not already done so, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Give us that five-star review on iTunes to help people find us uh, better and learn more about the people living in this city and uh, also make sure that you check out our very first episode of 2022 which will drop on january 7th until then we hope you have a very merry christmas and a happy new year